Well, good morning, and uh, welcome back to the Slaughterhouse. Um, this is Social Slaughter. My name is Peter Slaughter, and I guess you could say I'm a host, even though I'm not really hosting anyone. I'm just sitting here alone in my classroom because we are one of the many schools that have shut down due to staff shortages due to COVID-19. Um, it's very lonely when there are not students here to interact with and talk with and just educate like being a teacher Ooh, see we still got the bells but nobody moves it's kind of sad it really is um but i i digress like i miss my students they'll be gone for a week and i won't see them again until next tuesday um, which I guess is a week, which is what I just said. But uh, today's topic that I want to talk to you guys about is the um, power of voting and how voting has uh, pretty much uh, disappeared from the United States because of several reasons. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that voting is a powerful antic, all right? It is something that can really impact society greatly, but nobody knows that. Also, that's what a democracy is, is the ability to vote. The thing is, we elect officials, and the biggest thing about electing officials is um, they only represent about, oh, 50 to 60% of the voting population's ideologies. And so when we elect officials, um, and you live, let's say, in a red state, and you're a Democrat, you feel like you don't matter, so why vote? And let's say you live in a blue state, and you're a Republican. And you feel like you don't matter because no matter how you vote, nothing's really going to change. And my students have expressed this idea very often. They're like, why vote? You know, I have these views, but my state doesn't. And I was like, ah, this is true. This is a very true fact. But the big thing that needs to change that people don't see is the biggest people we need to vote on are our local officials. And those races are usually pretty tight. Like when we vote for mayors, when we vote for city councils, when we vote for school boards, those people are directly impacting our daily lives. And that's why it's so important that we do vote. It's also so important that we run for local offices. All right? Like we have political epic battles on school board grounds as well as city councils as people epically fight to improve the quality of life or keep their political views in session but the biggest thing is we need to vote now i love telling stories about the importance of voting and me being a history teacher i know how voting has impacted the entire world Currently in our history class, we are talking about Hitler. And as you know, Hitler came to power during a very detrimental time period for Germany. But here's the statistic that blows everybody's mind. Hitler was actually elected by less than 10% of the voting population. You want to know what percentage of people voted in that election that year? Less than 15%. Because... Nobody cared anymore. The German mark wasn't worth any money. And in all realisticness, government was nothing to them. They were starving. They were just trying to survive their everyday lives. So this is where a man who had ideologies that said, hey, everything right now is broken. I'm your person to fix it. I'm pretty sure if you only have to have 10% of the population to vote for you, you can get 10% just based on those ideologies. But the thing was, there was a big, huge hidden agenda for Hitler that most people didn't know about. And the thing was, 
By the time they figured it out, it was too late. We had World War II. We had the Holocaust. We had most of the known world conquered by Axis powers. All because nobody cared to vote. This is why voting is so important. Now, if you want to get how important one vote can be, let's look at women. Women for so long fought for the right to vote in the United States. All right? They fought very, very hard. And we're going to see, since we created our nation in 1776, we're going to see women have to gain the right to vote for literally almost 140 years of our actual tenure as a country. That is crazy. All right? Because first off, I'm not going to lie. Women have a ton of offer, to, ton to offer to society. Like, they can literally give birth to a human being. All right? I can't do that. All right? My wife has given birth to a child. We are about to have another child. And this is why I think she's the strongest woman that ever existed. Because I've been there. And the fact that you have an entire human being... Just insane. Blows my mind. Also, women are so intelligent. They're smart. They see things. Two of the biggest social factors and social jobs in the United States are teaching and social workers. Dominated mainly by women because they have the compassion. They have the ability. Don't get me wrong. Men can do it. But women have this great innate ability with that motherly instinct to say, hey, I know how you feel. Because in society, we've been, you know, as men so long been told not to have emotions, don't feel, don't be like a woman and feel your emotions and have them all the time, which is completely ridiculous. But I do digress. I've gotten away from my topic of voting. You just got me talking about women and they're amazing and they are powerful. I have four daughters, so they're going to, they're going to do great things. But here's the thing. Women back when they were fighting for the right to vote. How we get amendments is pretty much they pass and they have to go get a majority from all the state amendments, right? And it got down to the state of Kentucky. Kentucky was going to be the voting state to decide whether or not women gain the right to vote. And pretty much you're sending in the local state congressional building and they are voting. And if you were a red carnation, you were against having women to have the right to vote. And if you were a yellow carnation, you believed they should have the right to vote. And pretty much it came down to a split. And this one man who was wearing a red carnation had the final vote. And right before he voted, about five, seven minutes before he voted, he gets a telegram delivered to him. And he reads this telegram and he stands up and he votes yes. Now, many people don't know what was in that telegram. Believe it or not, that telegram was from this man's mother. And I used to joke in my classroom that pretty much he said, if you ever want a home-cooked meal again and want to, you know, come over to my house for Sunday lunch, you're going to vote yes. But reality, all it said was, those women who are fighting for the right to vote, believe in them. It pretty much just said, they're doing the right thing. Help them out. And the man said in a news conference back in, you know, the 1920s, said at that news conference, my mother's a very smart woman, and if she said women need the right to vote, they should have it. And that's where history changed forever, because of one man who was influenced by his mother decided to give the right to vote to women. And because of that, our world has forever changed. We have progressed so much. We have come so far. Still have a long way to go. 
Now, the final one I'd love to, you know, talk about is um, Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson started his political career because of one vote. He got started off because, you know, from the state of Texas, got started off as a state congressman because of one person voting for him to be there. Now, the reason I say this is important is because Lyndon B. Johnson led the way for the civil rights movement after Kennedy was assassinated. He's going to come from a very, very deeply divided state of Texas about the civil rights movement. and He is going to fight hard. All right. He does a lot for the civil rights bill. He makes sure it gets passed. He's going to work very hard with Martin Luther King and several other civil rights leaders to pass this bill. But he gets his career to start because of one vote. Now, our final story. This one's just funny because I like funny stories. Um, there were actually two city council guys running for in some little town in like Vermont, Maryland, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if Maryland's out in the middle of nowhere. Why did I say that? I'm a history teacher. Go team. But pretty much like one man's wife doesn't go to vote. And it's a tie. Like he literally would have won the election if his wife would have went and voted. And when it goes to a runoff election, he ends up losing. Right? Like that's crazy. Your own wife doesn't go and vote. Maybe she, she had so much confidence in you that we're going to win, you know? But here's the thing about voting. Voting is so important because it shapes who we are. It shapes our lives. It shapes how we deal with things, how we believe. My dad used to always tell me the reason we vote is so we can have the right to complain. If you don't go out and cast your vote with all the chaos that happens in the world, you really don't have much to say because you chose to stay silent. I strongly believe that. But here is the problem with the voting process, all right? There are some major big issues. The first is here in the state of Oklahoma, we have this crazy little box that you can check, all right? This little box, little box right there. And it says, vote all Republican or Democrat. That means you don't even have to read the names. You don't even get to have that competition of who has the weirdest names going to get elected because you don't know anything about anybody on the ballot, that means automatically you vote your party. That means people are not doing research. They don't even know who they're voting for. They're like, I'm a Republican, I vote Republican. I'll be honest with you. I have voted for both parties because I get to know my candidates. I get to know who's involved. Nobody does research anymore. You vote your party. You don't vote for the human being that is actually taking office. And that's devastating. We are not doing research because we are politically divided. We are not getting to know who our judges are, who our city council people are, who our senators are, even our state representatives and people we send to Washington, D.C. We vote for because of the party we're a part of, not because of who they are as human beings. That's a problem. We need to educate our children. I do a session every year where we take who's running in midterm elections, any elections, and they have to go find facts about all of them. And then, you know, they vote over who they should be believing in running their systems, who they should have, you know, in power, making the decisions for their very lives. So that is what I, I really say is the first wrong thing with our electoral I guess, ballots or electoral process. I wish that what they would do is for every actual candidate that is running, they have to write a bio 
a bio, a short, they get 500 words or less, a little bio that says, this is how I believe on these major issues, these major policies, this is why you should vote for me. And everybody's saying, oh, doesn't that happen on the campaign trail? We have these, you know, big, huge, like, televised battles. No, you don't have that for city officials. You don't have that for the local judge. You don't have that for, you know, just your basic people who run the fundamental cities of your town. Like, even the mayor. All right? He doesn't even have a little bio that says, this is who I am. This is why you should vote for me. And I feel like if people actually did that and actually got to read, you know, hey, this is your view on abortion. This is your view on gun rights. This is your view on, you know, how we should deal with our education system. I feel like we'd have more educated voters. That needs to happen. That's just a must. We need to get educated about those that we are putting in power. Because half the time we vote just because of the party we're a part of. And that is not okay. That has to end. We have to do research. And that's what we're starting here with our students is, hey, you're voting for this person? Why? Well, because uh, my mom's a Democrat or my mom's a Republican or my dad told me this is who I'm supposed to vote for. And I'm like, well, why are they voting for them? And they have no idea. They have no answer. We have to get educated. Educated voters are good, solid voters. They care about the system. They care about who's in power. And they care about their communities and their world. That's only the first issue. The second issue I have is voting needs to be made easier. We don't need to restrict it anymore. We need to make it so everybody can vote. Everybody worries about voting fraud. Everybody worries that, you know, our system's getting corrupt. But in reality, the problem is when you're 95 years old and you can barely, you know, make it out of the house, you still have a voice, though. You still have a mind. I remember I didn't get a vote in my first presidential election because I wasn't even educated enough to know that I had to fill out an um, absentee ballot. Because, you know, I lived in the state of Kansas, but I was in Oklahoma going to college when the elections happened, and I didn't have time, you know, to run up on the day of elections, you know, and miss all my classes. I didn't even know what an absentee ballot was. Most students don't know what that is. We need to fix how we vote. We need to make it accessible, easier. And we need to do it because it's the right thing to do. People have the ability to express their votes, their opinions, their voices when they cast their ballots. Nobody should be denied that. We shouldn't be depriving. We should be looking at the system and saying, hey, how can we make this easier and how can we make it better? Because you do those two things, I don't understand how you have election fraud. If you're making the system better, but you're also making it easier so more people can vote, you got to understand, we haven't had a presidential election where more than 75% of the voting population has actually voted for president. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Young people don't feel like they should vote anymore because why? Don't care. They don't care anymore. They don't think it's a part of their lives because politics are going to do what politics do, and it doesn't matter what they think. We have made our adolescents so, so worthless in my eyes. We have told them that they're not good enough. We have told them that they don't 
matter in a lot of ways because we are saying, hey, we're going to go fight this epic political battle. And if you want to voice your opinion, it's going to get drowned out by the yelling that's taking place on Capitol Hill. We need to make politics matter again. And in the right way. We need to make our system matter. Because it's what we have. It's what we have and we have to fix it. We have to make it better. We have to make it matter. We are fighting so hard in the United States right now over voter rights and what is voter fraud, when in reality we need to just sit down and say, hey, you guys are going to vote someday. And it's really important. Because not only are you going to be electing who's going to run the world, but you are expressing yourself. You are doing what matters. You are saying, my voice is going to be heard. And that is so much more than voting Republican or Democrat. It's standing up for what you believe in. Because if you do that, you're going to be great in life. Because you're not going to be denied when you're in that workplace and you see your first act of racism happen right before your eyes or your first act of sexism. And instead of just sitting there being silent saying, I don't matter, it doesn't matter if I voice my voice, you're going to stand up and fight for what is right, what is good, what is just. If we educate our children to vote not because they have to, but they vote because they matter, their opinion is worth it. Their ideas are more than they even know. We undervalue our children so much. I'm a strong believer, and I know I'm a history teacher, but I'm a very strong believer that the voting age should be lowered to 16. Um, I heard a podcast one time, which is strange, talking about a podcast on a podcast, but I heard a podcast one time where a guy said, 16-year-olds need to be the ones voting because guess what they're going through? They're going through a U.S. history class. They're literally learning about the foundation, what makes up the United States, all the policies, all the issues, all the struggles, all the fights, so that when they vote, they are educated. They are really, really into the ideologies of what voting means. I've actually expressed this to my kids in my class, and a lot of them say, I wouldn't trust me to vote at all. And I'm sitting there going, like, great. We have devalued their ideas, their ideologies, so much that they don't think that they should even vote because they're not worth it. They're 16. They say they're young. They don't have a real grasp on everything. They don't have a grasp on life. I'll be honest with you. That is not true. These kids are very in tune with what's going on around them. They can realize that there's chaos. They can realize there's pain. They can realize there's suffering. And they want to do something, but they don't know what to do. We have to change. We have to empower these kids to vote. We have to empower them to think that their opinions matter. Because guess who they are? There are future politicians. There are future doctors, lawyers, teachers, pastry chefs. They're going to open small businesses. They are going to grasp the world. And if they are not ready, they are going to fall. They are going to stumble. And they are not going to get back up again. We have to empower them. We have to take the time and the effort to apply it to their lives and show them, you vote 
because it matters. You vote because you have a voice. You vote because what you are doing is impacting the world forever. You vote because you are the future and you are the difference. We have to change our system. If we do that, I think we got a chance. We're raising young politicians. I remember last year, my very first year here at this teaching facility, I remember sitting there and I had a lot of kids with a lot of different views than what I believe. You know, they, they didn't care, you know, much for what I believe because they had their views, their labels. They had, this is what a Republican is. This is what a Democrat is. And in the first day of school, I taught them how important they were. I taught them how every action they have. I told the story of John F. Kennedy. Many of you know John F. Kennedy as president, but before he was president, he actually was a skipper uh, during World War II on a PT boat out in the Pacific Ocean. And one day, he goes out in his PT boat with his 13-man crew, and it's the middle of the night, and they don't see the Japanese destroyer coming, and it literally runs right over them. It splits them in half. Two of his men die instantly, and the rest are, you know, wounded. Some people with second and third degree burns. And JFK didn't give up. He strapped the most severely wounded guy to his back, motivated the rest of his men, and they swam three miles to a little island where they stayed for three to four days. And then they realized the Japanese were probably going to be taking that island, so they went... And they literally swam another three and a half miles in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Never giving up. And then one day JFK wakes up to find a native who doesn't speak English, but he writes a message on a coconut telling their location, how many there are, and what they need. And the native goes off and he gives the coconut to a island watcher who's Australian who radios the US Navy and they go pick JFK up so I always teach how you know a coconut saved the entire world because JFK's life was saved by that coconut being delivered and that coconut pretty much saves his life and he goes on to deal with the Cuban Missile Crisis you know where he could have pressed a button and he could have ended the entire world we spent 13 days in limbo wondering if we were going to exist But these small actions of never giving up, fighting for what is right, fighting for what you believe in, that's who these kids are. I applaud them. They show up every day in this total chaotic world, and I think that is amazing. They show up and they fight for their futures. They are resilient. They just need help. They need support. They need to know what they're doing is right. What they're trying to succeed at is worth it. I think if we do that, we just might win this fight. This fight of life. This fight of survival. This fight of hope. This fight of the ability to be human. Well, that's about all I have for today. Uh, like I said, I've just been pacing around my room because it's empty. Because COVID has shut us down. 
I hope that these kids know their value. I hope everyone in this world knows their value. My final phrase I will teach you today or I will say on this is, I hate the word potential. Potential is the ability to do something, but it doesn't mean you're doing it. We have the ability to dream, but to live those dreams is so remarkable. And I think our students have a ton of potential. They just need some help making it a reality. Well, remember, if you guys want to talk, want to chat, want to throw us a message, uh, the website is being built right now. Um, I'm not educated enough to build one, so I got somebody working on that. Uh, I even got my students who are uh, offering up artwork that they've designed and drawn themselves to be posted on there. As well, I have um, the email address officially is socialslaughter77 at gmail.com. I had to add the 77 because it turns out somebody already had social slaughter at gmail.com. Who would have known? I really want to kind of figure out who they are. Um, we did get over 150 downloads. Um, hopefully we can keep pushing that number, keep growing. But I'm excited. We got a future. And we're going to make something great of it. Uh, hope to hear you guys next week. Uh, topic we're probably going to look at is maybe the pandemic. You know, and the current views of a lot of our students and how they see and view the handling of the pandemic and uh, what they think needs to be done. Other than that, I will talk to you guys later. Have a great and wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week.